And welcome back to the MMCast. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, Michael Grothy. Welcome back. Hello. Two weeks in a I row. Back. We're getting double Michael this month. That's right. That's it's right. The birth, it's the birthday. It's the birthday time of year. It is my birthday tomorrow. It was your birthday. I'm going to say yesterday. That was two days ago. It was two days ago. Yep. And uh, time is a flat circle. Welcome to the MM Cast. We are a podcast about uh, talking about uh, Magic the Gathering, uh, often through the lens of modern, which is a magic format, but also Commander and other formats. Uh, today, we are talking about flip cards and gods and gods again, and this is just a very holy episode. Um, and uh, big shout out to our patrons for supporting us. Big shout out to David Celestock, who has joined the House Noble House of Modern. That is, if you're part of the $25 crew, you get to hang out. We talk about stuff. We'll follow you on Twitter. Um, and so welcome to the noble noble house of modern and thank you to all of our other patrons if you are interested in getting these episodes a week early or you want to hear the 10 minute pre-show we talked about the best way to make homemade french fries taste good and slash what's the best french fries in the all the different fast food french fries out there definitely check out the patreon early release because we do a full 10 minutes of bonus content there every week uh and yeah so we'll get into the episode today first thing we're going to talk about is uh, modal double face cards. So those have been those are kind of going to be the feature of the year. They showed up in Zendikar Rising as kind of the one of the key mechanics where everyone was a land. In this set, we have every uh, one of them is a god, and one side is a creature, and the other side is a not other type of permanent. And then in Strixhaven, we'll be going to they'll also be featured. We currently do not know what they are going to be, though based on the patterns of them being slightly different I, and us not having yet gotten instants and sorceries on two sides. I imagine that's going to be something that happens, but we do not have confirmation on what that is yet. And then we go into the land of uh, the Forgotten Realms for the summer, which is a D&D themed set. And I don't know if that is double face cards. I don't think it does. But then we go into Zendik or, or two different Innistrad drafts uh, formats, one in uh, September, and I think one later in, in closer to like the August, the November release. And based on the Innistrad sets of sets past, likely double faced cards there as well, though probably going back to the like triggered ability flips it over. Innistrad is known for its double face cards. Yes. And up until this point, the only time we've really seen double face cards outside of Innistrad were Ixalan, where they were the like lands on one side, things that flipped into lands, and then Magic Origins and Magic, whatever the one Nicol Bolas was the main character of. And there yeah, was the... he was the only flip card in the set. And they're all often relatively beloved. Obviously, they like have some limitations in like the physical way they work that sometimes people have problems with. But generally, they 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 are extremely popular every time they show up. Uh, they do add extended costs, though. I think Wizards is figuring out more and more ways through technology to just incorporate those costs in what they're doing. Uh, that's why they've been able to kind of start doing coilating and all the new types of packs that they're developing. So my thought, and 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 this kind of came up, this is a conversation that I think Saffron Olive really started where he kind of started talking about the London Mulligan rule and something he brought up in regards to that is that like these double face cards, especially ones from Zendikar, help mitigate a lot of the Mulligan issues that the London Mulligan rule was created, kind of pointing at that as something that maybe is causing a lot of the degeneracy of the last year. And so I want to talk with you about your thoughts on should modal double face cards or double face cards in general just be evergreen should this be something that that wizards uses and technology they use in every set going forward or would that be something you'd be interested in yeah i mean like there's a lot of different things you can do with double face cards as you discussed and speculated as to what future double face cards may be i mean i don't think it's going to get old in the same way that like oh they put you know creatures in every set oh this gets old you know like if it's just a feature of the game then so be it but the Zendikar ones fulfill a similar role to other mechanics where they like help you if you're mana screwed or mana flooded in that some of them are like, ah, oh, this card, you know, this is a six drop, but I'm just going to play it as a land because I'm mana screwed. Or this is a, you know, I'm mana flooded and this like conditional removal spell, I'll just hold on to it and maybe I'll be able to, you know, fling my creature at their creature or whatever you know right. um so they help like with mana issues and that was also one thing that london mulligan was supposed to help with and there are other mechanics that do it right like cycling and uh in ikoria for example especially like a lot of the cycling one cards like you know you could play like 14 lands in your ikoria limited deck because you had a bunch of cycling one cards or whatever um I mean, Fortel is doing that now with Zendikar. With, Fortel with, is with kind of doing it. Kaltheim. It's doing it on some of the 
Yeah, it's doing it on some of the foretell cards, particularly the ones that draw cards. But like, if I foretell a you know bounce spell like the unsummon or whatever, if I foretell that on turn two and then I'm mana screwed, I guess it's something. But it's like, well, but like it does it it does give you you are gaining value for using your mana in turns where you would previously with other mechanics not be able to use it, right? Like that's yeah, it's that's, true. that's it's the true. idea. Like, that's if what you're cycling foretelling is. your like six drop that will now cost four later in the game. You're able to like kind right. of pay up front while your mana screwed. Yeah, like a lot of mechanics do this. I don't know that like I would want to see MDFCs that are lands in every set just because it's like a way to mitigate flood or screw because there's lots of ways to mitigate flood or screw. I mean, even for tell, like you said, or morph, for example, but also a lot of these mostly impact um, limited, like pretty much the mythics from Zendikar rising and like a handful of uncommons are affecting actual limited formats or uh, constructed formats. So it's not like, they are a sweeping change to every single deck in every single format the way that the London Mulligan is, right? Like, I don't sure. think that you can point to Zendikar MDFCs and be like, oh, they should have done this instead of the London Mulligan because it's just like nobody is playing, you know, many MDFCs in modern, for example. Um, but the London Mulligan is in effect every single game and there are decks that are like significantly more viable because of it and it's totally changed the metagame. Yeah, I think I think I guess my thought is that is one of the many different things pointing towards them just being something that's incorporated more often. I think just they are and, may, and maybe the line that's weird is the difference between MDFCs, the modal and for those who don't know modal dual face cards are called MDFCs, those are the ones that you get to choose which size you put into play versus classic flip cards which are just or double face cards which are just um you always cast the one half and then something happens that lets it flip over to show the other half and those are different in a pretty significant way but also, if you were allowing both to exist whenever, it might be confusing about when and which cards are going to be which ones. And it's going to be really interesting next year when both are available, right? We're going to get to the point where in my standard deck, I'm going to have modal dual face cards and I'm going to have transform cards. And on like arena, it's a lot easier, but like people are going to have to keep track of like, okay, this does this, this works differently than that. And it's going to be interesting to see how people react to a werewolf that they're like used to putting on the other side and then no longer able to. Yeah. Especially people who haven't played with uh, transform cards before since like, you know, if you started two years ago and you've played with a bunch of MDFCs at this point from called Hyman Zendikar, and then Assuming that Innistrad is more typical transform DFCs instead of modal DFCs. Yeah, it would be weird. You'd be like, oh, can I just play this werewolf? The one thing that's nice is that they don't have mana costs on the back. Yeah, that's true. That's and true. And like, if you read the card, it says transform, which like, don't get me wrong, magic has so many words. And there's a lot of like easy mistakes to make that are fixed by, you know, reading the card. And that's much easier said than done. But but I think that there are some good indicators. They also have been using iconography like in the top left for modal DFCs that are like the little arrows that are like, you can play this side or that side or whatever. Right. And the transform DFCs previously had a moon in both sets. The Innistrad cards, I believe all had a moon, even the ones that aren't werewolves. It's like it's, Delver of Secrets has a moon on it. I don't know what Bolas has, but it's like a, it's like a sunrise over a land situation, like a sun over a land situation. Hopefully Marshall is putting up the symbol here, or at least Jay's friend's prodigy. Yeah, you, in between you us. showing your phone to the camera did not bear fruit. Uh, and then the other side of the plane, <laughs> and, and then on the planeswalker side, there's a planeswalker symbol. So they have that. And then Ixalan had like totally different. Oh yeah. I don't remember what the Ixalan ones looked like, but they are trying somewhat to use those, I guess, because transforming DFCs have so many different symbols they could have. It's kind of, it is kind of, it does end up being confusing. It's not like the modal DFC symbol is going to be that helpful. Right. One right. thing I do think is cool. And actually I, uh, I opened my first physical packs with modal DFCs. So I remembered that these existed. Let me see <laughs> if I can find it. Oh, it's the, it's the, um, any card is whatever you want cards it's the check the way they do the checklist now with the modal dfcs uh i don't know how many viewers have opened physical modal one. dfcs because i hadn't until called time yeah alex has one so the innistrad it pre all previous checklist cards just had like here is a list of every double-faced card you check off which card this mm -hmm. is um and the idea of the checklists is you put them in your deck if you're not using sleeves or if your sleeves are not sufficiently transparent or sometimes you just want to, right? Like you don't want to have to deal with judge calls about like, oh, I saw through your sleeves or whatever. And also like you don't have to take it out of the, an expensive card out of a sleeve to like flip it. Right. Um, 
So use these checklists for a variety of different reasons. And previously, yeah, you would just check and it would be like a really busy, like tiny font. Here's all the cards in the set. And you only got mana cost and card name. You didn't get any information about the back. You didn't get anything. It's just like, here is the front card name. Here is the mana cost. That's it. That's what you get. What I like about these modal ones is you can take notes. You can put whatever you want on there. As long as it is, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't be like, referencing like, notes in yeah, the middle yeah. of a game. So you can't actually put like, you know, cast this on their flyer or whatever. <laughs> but, you can, <laughs> but you can put any text that's actually on the card. So for your Birgi god of storytelling or whatever, you can write adds mana when yeah, you yeah, cast yeah. a spell or whatever. Like you can write a little note so you don't forget what it does, especially if you're playing multiple modal DFCs or if you're playing something like Commander where it's like, I have 100 cards in my deck. I don't remember exactly what all of them do because I just built this or whatever, you know. So. Right, right. And, and oh, for, uh, so for Ixalan, it was like a, like a wheel for a ship that like kind of has like sail vibes. It's like a sail in its wheel. And then the other side is land. It's like a, it's a, it's the land symbol from arena. Oh yeah. Yeah. The little double mountain. Yeah. Thingy. The double mountain thingy. So yeah, I don't know. I, I think like it would be cool in some ways. I think just like they're such a part of magic that getting flip cards to be more of a thing. And there's like a few mechanics, right? That like, I like cycling. I also think cycling could just be evergreen. Um, and I understand that like from their perspective, there's not just enough, cool untapped resources of like ways to have this ability so scry was the big effort to to bring something evergreen they're like scry is a mechanic that and this is like obviously they did this a long time ago because the last mulligan rule just had scry as a part of it but um which meant that scry was literally present in every game but it was like a mechanic that smooths out draws it helps you if you're flooded it helps you if you're screwed it's very simple it is good like nobody's going to complain about seeing more scry and so they just put it in every set because they were like this is something that we need like yeah and i guess the question is how many of those do we need until you can mitigate the variance of magic which really i think that the variance of magic is good yeah yeah and I, think- I don't want to play hearthstone or i would play it and, and i think i think there's a difference between like i don't hate the idea of like because modal dual face cards aren't always that right like like for instance with the gods a lot of them aren't that they're four man on one side and yeah. four man on the other it's just more like which one do i want more or this is better in this situation and and like if you look at just double face not double face cards but uh split cards if you look at split cards a lot of that's they're basically double face cards the the reason i don't think that Strixhaven is going to have just like sorcerer on one side and instant on the other, and they might have a few of those, is because that could just be a split card. There's no new technology there. The new the technology that's cool about modal dual face cards is you get the abilities of split cards, but you can have permanence, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so and Adventures kinda did it, which is like the one thing that's gonna be interesting is that the difference between a modal dual face card and an adventure card is going to be slightly interesting though with adventures there is like the cantrip feature like it's basically every yeah. single one draws you with a creature versus a choose your own adventure choose which one you get uh lets the power level of cards be costed differently and they don't have to be right. as related so so it'll be cool I'm, I'm i'm excited to see what the last one is uh with i mean middle dual face cards don't have to be related they they yeah, did correct. do it with the gods because they're legendary creatures that they want you to play multiples of so they're like let's have the the faces synergize with each other but like you don't have to do that. I think like that's a limitation of them being legendary creatures. And the first time we saw them, they were lands. So like you could have two totally disparate effects, whatever you want, as long as you can flavorfully tie them together. Similar to adventures, um, you know, like a bone crusher giant on one side and a shock on the other side. You could do that. We may see that at some point, depending on how much they use these things. And we don't like know what's going on. So this is all speculation. My my, my guess is like wizard on one side and then this spell that they can cast on the other. And that's there will be different. And we'll see what that looks like. And it could be a whole different level of things that does bring us. Uh, I do kind of want to get to the next thing. Um, but before we do that, we did get to do an awesome thing. And I'm gonna, we're going to do that now. And that is. Uh, altered sleeves uh, from alteredsleeves.com. These are uh, this is a company that like prints out really cool artwork onto inner sleeves. So if you ever double sleeve your decks, the sleeve that goes in between the sleeves, they print artwork onto them that's specifically meant to match up to um, the card below it. So you can find like an Emrakul, or you can find a Kess, or you can find I, I got a Tundra for for Geist of Saint Traft, and they'll modify the artwork. And so. Th- um, I have been compl- so I, I built Vadrock in Commander, um, which I think Michael is 
now played against and it is nope, i haven't I have played against it okay so um i it's a whoops i invented a storm deck uh situation but yeah <laughs> i've been there in commander for sure um and but i ha- was able to get every single one of the um creatures that are that have mutate in the new cool comic book art except the ones from the 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 precon commander deck so there there's that comic book art in every version of those cards but not that and i very publicly complained about this a few times saying like wizards should do a secret layer why don't we have this i like can make this deck match perfectly and then i will draw its souvenir snatcher um, and every single time I'll be sad because it's just not as pretty as the other stuff. So uh, Alter Sleeves, who sometimes hangs out in our streams and also uh, we're friends on Twitter, reached out and was like, hey, um, we're down to totally do this. <laughs> uh, and so they reached out to an artist and I have things to read about it. And we actually have a promo code for everyone to get these and I'm going to open. I haven't even seen what the cards look like. Wait, are or these the new? Are we debuting these? Yeah, this is this is this is a official preview wow. on the MMcast. Oh, that's uh, dope. Yeah, um, that's dope. so I haven't seen it. No one's seen it. We're all going to see it for the first yeah, time I mean, right now. So altered sleeves are cool uh, because if you a lot of times if you alter cards, they can become devalued or be harder to move. But like alters are cool, especially if you play the same deck a lot or if you play commander or whatever you want to customize your deck you want to you know have your goblin electromancer's full art because you love storm and you always want to play storm but at the end of the day you might want to sell your cards well goblin electromancer is a bad bad example because it's not worth anything but (laughs) (laughs) you always play merfolk and you want your lord of atlantises to look cool but you want to you know maybe you want to be able to sell them at someday because you are getting out of magic or you need money or whatever if you altered those lord of atlantises they're gonna be really hard to sell some people might pay a premium for them because alters are cool, but it's tough. Like retailers won't buy them from you a lot of the time, or they'll pay you as though they're damaged. And alter sleeves are a cool, super cool way to customize your deck uh, or your cards that you care about without like devaluing them, which I think is really cool. And it's like really surprising that it's taken this long for somebody to come up with this. Yeah, yeah, we're really. I'm, I'm really hyped. I was gonna see if I can find in Geist because I have a Tundra. Because like you can't Geist. My Geist deck is all foiled out, right? And Tundra can't be foil. And I got from them a cool Tundra border that's like looks like space and it looks full art and it looks really pretty. So there's like really cool stuff you can do. Um, yeah, and Tundra is a good example because like yes, maybe you want to get your Tundra altered so that it's cool as cool as the other cards in your deck. But it's also like a super expensive card. Yes, yes, and and there are people that like don't want to alter those because they're like afraid if they damage it, the, yeah. they're liable for what how expensive they are. If you use the code uh, altersleeves.com/slash/kessmutate, uh, customers get twenty percent off complete set of four until the fourteenth through the link that I just said, and it will be below in the description. And the normal price is six dollars a sleeve. And then the artist is uh, uh, Demon Draymond, so uh, definitely check there out. They have a bunch of other stuff. There'll be a link for other alter sleeves by them uh, in the link below as well. So definitely check them out really cool and now i'm going to do magic with cameras and powers that i have Ooh, we're raising look i rose us into the air that was cool and now i'm going to turn this other camera on ah there it is cool so now on camera below us you can see all of the cards that are full art in my Vadrock deck and that are foil and then all four michael can't see any of this uh all I can't, four it's okay uh, all four of the um, Commander Precon uh, cards that can't be things. So that is Souvenir Snatcher, uh, Orimi, which is the legendary one, Mind Leecher, and Saw Tusk Demolisher. And then here's the pack. And I'm going to open this on camera. Oh, by the way, the packaging for Alter Sleeves, and Michael also can't tell this, is like really amazing. There's like one of those like pear things. They come in a really nice box. You like fold it open. It's got card in there. All right. So here we go. I did see the nice looking envelope. Like, like a little, little sleeve paper. secret layer. Sounds kind of, yeah, it's, it's, it's actually almost nicer than secret layers. So, all right, oof. we have... <laughs> oof. We have... This is Arimi, Souvenir Snatcher, Sawtusk Demolisher, and then Mind Leecher. Ooh, these are great. These turned out really good. So I'm going to sh- hold them up here. So these are all currently available right now, 20% off if you get all four on alteredsleeves.com slash... Cast mutate. mutate. Thank you, Michael, for remembering. Disclaimer for all those viewers out there: Do not try and mutate onto Kess the magic card because she is a human. I know it's, it's sad. I, <laughs> she she can juggle real well. She can cast spells of the graveyard. So now I'm going to put them all in the card sleeves. So and this is all. This all is now available on I believe the 14th is when this all turns on. So there's Satos Demolisher with the card art. I'll show it to Michael as I. Oh. That's nice. Next one is Mind Leecher. So you can kind of see how it like furts perfectly and then like everything wraps around it. Oh, Tremie, which this is, I think, the one people are probably going to be the most hyped on because this is the commander for this 
and and is honestly the better one for these color combos. I mean, it depends, right? Because like Otrimi, if you're using them as your commander, then yeah, that's great. But a lot of people have the other mutate commanders, and they want the other mutate cards for their deck, right? That's why you wanted yes. these. Yeah, exactly. Like literally, I'm playing every other mutate one. Souvenir Snatcher, which is the last one we're doing here, is like great in the deck. And now we have this awesome neon purple, dark blue. Oh, it's like a big, cool bird. Yeah. I'm into that. It's, it's, a, it's, it's like a magpie is like what the actual card is. And so now I have this full, complete set of comic book art mutate creatures in my Vadrock deck and these three extra ones. Yeah, so if you use the code, you get 20% off. It's really dope. And make sure to check out the artist. Thank you, Altered Sleeves, for giving us kind of this cool free preview. I'm really hyped now that this deck is complete. It's so cool. All right, continuing the episode, we're going to be talking a little bit more about gods, ranking the different god cycles that existed in the way those mechanics were done. Also, check out, there's a whole alter Sleeve thing we did. We uh, They've made the finally the comic book art of the commander dual sleeve cards exists and is out there that was a, an mm cast debut yep. of these artworks and uh definitely recommend checking them out if you go to alteredsleeves.com slash cast mutate you can get 20 percent off the full set of them and the artwork is all really amazing these are the ones from the pre-con set that did not get the comic book art promo treatment and now you can get them at altersleeves.com so check that out continuing what we were talking about basically there have been five god mechanics to exist in magic you have the uh kaldheim flip gods uh you have the amonkhet gods the regular ones you then have the like nickel bolus bug gods and then you have the God Eternal Gods, and then you have the original Theros, Devotion Gods. And so all have seen competitive play. I think all have even seen modern competitive play, other than maybe the Bug Gods. Scarab God has. Kind of. Probably the loosest uh, cycle. It's not like a top tier card, but like, yeah, yeah. have I ever seen Scarab God in a 5-0 modern list and been like, nice, yes, spicy? I yes, I have. Yes, yes I, I have. have. That. <laughs> that is true. That is fair. And so like, I'm trying to think in modern, so Original Theros gods, definitely we saw, not Therasios, the black, the blue red one saw like a ton of Splinter Twin play and was like Karanos. Karanos saw a ton of play. And plus, I don't think any of the other ones saw play in modern very much. Merfolk played Thassa for like a minute. For for a second. But it wasn't a a great fit. Yeah, they like they took devotion has seen play, but the gods had not. And then, but obviously, commander all over the place. They're like for like Xenagos will forever be one of the better red green commanders. And there's just a bunch of other good ones that see play all the time. So the original gods, the first time they printed the creature type god on a card was the the Theros gods, and their rule was devotion. And basically, if your devotion was five for the the monocolored ones, they became creatures, and you could attack with them. And then they're indestructible enchantment creatures, and then. The two color ones was seven and there was 15 of them and they all did cool stuff. Most of the time you played them as like enchantments that stayed on play, though, like, for instance, with Thassa, which you mentioned, its goal, especially in standard, was like turn devotion on because it was a unblockable five five attacker that scried every turn versus other ones. Perforos has seen time to play in commander. They're yeah, classic gods. The next rated gods, we got Amonkhet and Amonkhet was they were indestructible. They could not attack or block unless you did a thing on the turn or in general to allow them to do it. And then they had an activated ability. Uh, Ronos was like plus two plus zero to a creature. And then if there was a creature with four greater toughness, it could attack or block right? And then probably the most powerful of this cycle, that was actually probably the most powerful in modern. And then the most powerful of the cycle in standard was um, the red one. Hazaret. Hazaret. The fervent. Uh, who dominated standard literally for, I think, a year and a half. And to the extent that the like fire design philosophy from Wizards is partially based around the fact that Mono Red was too strong for too long because of the weakness and power level of stuff from Ixalan that they like needed cool stuff other than just being Mono Red to be good <laughs> standard. Yeah, I mean, Hazaret also had to compete with energy. Yes, yeah, before, yeah, and then, yeah, that was a whole other issue. And then the next cycle, which actually came from the next set, is the Bug Gods. And, and technically they're all from the same plane, but the mechanics are so different that I feel like it's worth separating where they were... If they were to die, you would return it to your hand. When it's put into a graveyard from play, return it to its owner's hand at the beginning of the next end step. So you have a window to exile them. If you exile them straight up, they don't come back. But yeah, like if if you, you know, I was going to say Doomblade. That's not a thing. If you Heartless Act, <laughs> their Scarab God, you can, you can scavenging ooze it. Uh, 
before it comes back because it's like a delayed trigger. Right. And Scarab God was by far the most played and dominated standard for a lot of his existence. Locust God is a popular commander. Yeah, Locust God is probably the one that has seen the most commander play as a commander, just yeah, as a blue-red one. It's that. very powerful. And then, sadly, the, the black-red one was kind of the most, the missiest of the two, even though it was probably the coolest, um, which is the Scorpion God. I think Scorpion God was just like, costed in a way that he's overcosted for like his synergies and his abilities but is just like really sweet so that was those gods and then they murdered the other gods um from Amonkhet other than Hazaret and those four showed up one more time in War of the Spark speaking of War of the Spark along with God Pharaoh uh I guess Nicol Bolas and Nicol Bolas dragon god and 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 then the raised boar uh who who replaced uh, Hazaret because Hazaret was uh, too busy slash not dead and th- so couldn't go through the portal. So you had the four, the black, white, green, and uh, blue gods all as they eternal were all kings, zombie gods, and then you had creature types, legendary creature, zombie god, and then you had Ilharg the Razebor, who was a boar god <laughs> creature type, um, and then those were if they were to die, you put them uh, fourth card from the top in the deck, third from the top, third from the top is the third card from the top. So kind of and up- that's if they, so that's notably if they die or become exiled so you get a window where you can get rid of them but they will be back or you you get a window where they're not on the battlefield but they will be back like it's very hard to get rid of them you um, can you can counter them and you can mill them and you can like you know arrest them pacifism them yeah or yeah, yeah 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 that's- most of them most of them have either attack triggers or etb triggers though so it like actually they all have kind of slightly different things because you have the white one makes a four four token if you cast a creature raise bore when it attacks you get something the black one you sacrifice stuff as it enters play so getting rid of it is actually worse than just like leaving it in play um in in some ways as long as you can block it uh the blue one has a lot of words on it and i've actually one has a a triggered ability on your draw step and the um green one has an etb as well ronos is oh yeah he just makes everyone big their their god ability, so to speak, that like makes them godly and more than just a creature is that they uh, always come back. They come back like zombies. Then we go back to Theros and we did get more gods there. We got the original five. Plus, we got the black white god who we got as a buy a box promo and costs like infinite mana and makes things get gold tokens on them because there's like a gold dead people get gold masks uh and then theme and then we got the red green god because in the last era block they killed the red green god there was no red green god they were missing uh to replace them a planeswalker became the red green god xenagos uh and then uh elsbeth murdered him uh spoilers in the face with a spear that then heliod stabbed her with and she was dead and that's the plot of theros beyond death is her coming back And the final god series is the double face gods and these are the most different because they have the least amount of um they like don't have the classic I can't die text. What they do have is a modal double face feature where the backside is a hard to get rid of it permanent often other than one, which is a bird who does blink itself back to your hand, I guess. And what's cool is they you can if the difference almost in how like they're easy to not get rid of is you can have both of them. You can play them both together. So if you draw two of them, there's not a dead legendary creature in your hand. Yeah, uh, it is interesting because kind of the the gods that correspond to an actual mythology, so like not really the the zombie gods or the the bug gods, but but gods, like the, the Egyptian, do. Norse, and Greek inspired gods, um, they do like in their differences, they do a little bit like reflect the mythology in that like the Greek gods are like big, aloof in the sky, they do their thing, but like they don't often grace the mortal world, so they're not creatures. How are you gonna how are you gonna kill one of those fools up on Mount Olympus? And sometimes they'll come down and do their thing, right? They'll they'll impregnate a goat or whatever. And then uh I mean spoilers, but you stab one with the godsend. Well, you have to go to Mount Olympus <laughs> to do that. It's That's not fair. an easy game. Um entire blocks worth of content. <laughs> to get yeah, there. pretty much. And then the Egyptian gods, they're there, but like you gotta convince them to fight for you. Mm-hmm. They're just chilling, right? Uh, you gotta you gotta prove yourself worthy because that was the Amonkhet thing, right? Is like all about worthiness. Uh, so you prove yourself worthy to them by completing some feat of not having cards in hand or having a lot of cards in hand. <laughs> well, and, and the bug gods, the bug gods are also in a sim. They're also like 
around from that period, right? They're just different. They're also based on mythology of real things. They're Egyptian oh, as yeah. well. Remember, because they're from right. our devastation. Well, they they were just like from the uh, underworld. They were the ones that he hid and corrupted with Nicol Bolas energy. Yeah, yeah. No, I know that. They they used to be... Do I remember what they used to be? Their names? I don't or what creatures? They used to be. Yeah, we, we, knew about, uh, we knew about all 10 gods. There was a story where... Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, there's a flashback story where they, Nicol Bolas goes back and it's like what he does to Amenket. Because he's an old walker at the time. And I guess he like knows that the mending is coming so he's like i gotta have a backup plan um and so his backup plan is to just come in and just like subjugate all the gods but so these norse gods like their thing is they have like legendary artifacts slash enchantments slash sidekick i guess one of them has a sidekick his little bird friend um but yeah they they're like the line between like a Norse hero of legend and like a Norse god is like pretty thin. Right. They're much closer to superheroes. Like Thor, the superhero, works partially because the old those gods were closer yeah. to like the stories like, we tell of heroes that save people and teach morals. Yeah, they're like known by their deeds. And and also they die, right? Yeah. Like like Norse mythology, the gods all die in Ragnarok. Ragnarok happens and they die. Right. So they can die. They live a long time, but they can die and they will die. It has been foretold. So it's still a little bit weird to me that they don't have any form of protection. But I guess I get it because they're going to die. Right, right. And and I think I think like the protection is for most of them hard to get rid of permanent on the other side. Like It's like it's they're different enough and special enough that I think it, it is an argument against what we kind of were talking about uh, before. And the last thing was if modal dual face cards become a thing that shows up regularly and we get more creatures with stuff on the back, it makes these gods way lamer. <laughs> I will say that, like, most of them are pretty impressive. Like, there are some like kind of uh, ones, but like. I feel like they all seem fairly godly to me, at, at least as godly as the other gods we've seen. Yeah, yeah, and 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 we can we, we can have that com- uh, on a future because we are running a lot of time. I do want to see what your ranking of these five uh, concepts are, not necessarily as power level, just in 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 ones that you like, and then and then I think that'll be it for today. I'm trying to think if there's anything else, but thank you uh, once again to our patrons. Make sure to follow. Uh, just really quickly, hit that like button. Comment below what your I would like to hear your rankings. Please comment your ranking of the five gods, uh, the god cycles, because uh, we'll we'll get into that right now. Um, and once again, thank you to our patrons and thank you, Marshall, for helping. And thank you, Michael, for joining. You can follow me at Kess Wiley on everything. Uh, you can follow Michael. Uh, I'm at Dudard on Twitter, D-U-D-A-R-D-D. Yep. And we have a whole new stream schedule of content coming out. So we're having content come every day. So make sure to hit that bell button so you, bell button so you know when stuff is coming out. But we do commander streams every Monday night. We have uh, that that live stream lives on YouTube. So on Tuesday, you can watch that. Monday, the new episodes show up. Uh, we'll have additional content on Thursday and Friday that week as well. So keep tuning in. We have a bunch of stuff coming out now. So check it out. Uh, all right, Michael. Gods have been printed five times. What what is what is your least favorite of these? Of I need these? to go first. I can go first if you would like. Okay, my least favorite, I think, are the War of the Spark gods. They're at the bottom. Okay. I, they're like awkward. They're hard to get rid of. Uh, it's cool that they're zombies. I guess. Like, I'm glad they got printed, but they're my least favorite. I think I think my least favorite are actually the original Amonkhet ones. They don't do anything while they're in play in a way that like they don't feel like gods as much to me. I think that's like a weaker version of just devotion is I think actually my issue. The fact that they're just like they're a creature, but they don't do anything is like not as cool to me. And I like like the like more out of the box options of the other gods versus anything else. All right. Number four. I think number four for me, I'm gonna go call time. They're cool. And I do think, you know, as I discussed earlier, or maybe in a previous episode, I don't know how this works. They do, you know, fit in with the idea of a Norse god to me. But uh, I, I just don't like that they don't, they don't transcend a normal creature. They don't, they're not indestructible. They don't protect themselves in any way. They don't convey immortality or godliness. Like there's nothing to me separating them from a mortal. Uh, in terms of flavor obviously they have backsides and that's how you can tell that they're gods but like 
there's nothing to stop Dakon Blackblade from having the Blackblade on the back or whatever, right? And right. he's a legendary creature, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I think I agree. I put Kaldheim God. From a flavor perspective, I put them here. I think they're really cool. Uh, I, I get that they're like the gods of this set. I, my like big complaint, and maybe at some point we'll release a video about this, is like I wish they were all three color. And when I say that, I like like three color, like one color, like kind of like uh, Joe, Joe, uh, whatever the Jon Snow. Um, Jorn, Jorn, God of where like one side is one color and the uh, the thing on the back is two colors or vice versa. I think a it's I wish they were able to play as gods in three color decks. I think like the more three color deck options, I think the better. Right now, you're really pigeonholed into the few like the limited so you're, choices. You're speaking strictly about commander. I'm yes, yeah. I don't think it's relevant anywhere else. I don't think being legendary matters in anything. And I don't so think would it you like to negatively. see all fifteen gods be three color, or would you like to see five of them? There's only ten of there's them. only twelve. Oh, 12? Yeah, I, would, I, I want to, 15. I, I never want, counted. I want the five color one to stay what they are, and I want Tybalt to stay what they are, and then the other 10 to be three color. And I even have written out on Twitter somewhere what each of them, maybe Marshall could just put that right here, what each of them would be. I think that they, they all actually fit. They like, I figured it out. They all have like color combos that they have the vibe of that you could put them into pretty easily. To so, you, they have, they have that to you. Yeah, yeah, by your, by your eye. By my, by my eye and metric, they fit all, okay. there is one, you can fit all 10 into one of the three color combos and have it make sense. And there are some weird bleed over and like there's like two that could be salt eye, but because Jordan is that already, you'd like smush one into something else but um it's based on the mechanics that they already have you could have them be three color pretty easily uh with minimal changes so that's what i wish they were and that's why they're my fourth least favorite there's like a debate here uh between making things better for commander and making things better for literally other every other format because in commander something being legendary and having a lot of colors is very cool and in every other format you would want the same card to not be legendary and to have fewer colors sure. because that's what makes something more playable in another format, right? Like a three-color card is by definition going to be playable in significantly fewer decks than a two-color card or a one-color card. So the fact that all these gods except Jorn are single color, I guess well, Valky, um, right, and Essica, right? Yeah, yeah, Valky and Essica, we're putting them aside because we're talking about changing everybody else. Uh, yeah, they that would make them way less playable in standard or historic, modern, pioneer, wherever else. Except, um, except one of the things I like about these cards, it, what you lose is the like cuteness of the fact that these are legendary cards that drawing multiples of you benefit from. That's all you lose, in my opinion. It, the fact that like. I get to play one half and the other half, and and in a mono white deck, I can play both halves of the god, and they can sit in the play, and they work well together. Fine, you lose that, and I understand that. But because they're modal dual face cards for every other format that isn't commander, you like I can play the sword of the realms in any deck I want. I can play. But would you say? Would you say that like the option to do either is part of what makes the card good? Like like Birgi, for example, right? Like if I have seven cards in my hand. It's nice to be able to play Birgi in my like stormy combo deck or whatever, right? Let's say I'm not playing Storm. Let's play I'm playing standard, a format where maybe Birgi is more playable. But I'm looking to like play a bunch of spells in one turn and kind of go off, trigger prowess a bunch, maybe. Birgi's great. I have seven cards in my hand. Play it on turn three. I go off the next turn. I play like Crash Through for free, and I'm like, yeah, I'm doing it. Cool. Swing with my uh Stormwing entity or whatever. But if I have like two cards in my hand, uh, and a bunch of mana because I'm flooded or it's later in the game, I want to be able to play the horn. And if the horn was two colors. I don't know that Birgi would be playable in my deck. If you're playing those colors, why not? I mean, like, I guess, like, you get the well, okay, benefit. I'm saying I'm playing, like, a blue-red prowess deck, right? I'm playing a blue-red prowess deck, and I want to play Birgi. I don't know that that's optimal. It's probably not. But I'm just thinking of an example, and also I love Birgi. <laughs> so, so you know, I have I have red Birgi on the front, and it's, like, black-green horn on the back or whatever. I, would, I don't know. I would have put Birgi in like red I would say red and then blue-white on the back trash it's All just right. guy it's one of the three color combos it's the <laughs> okay, one that but makes now sense. i have to put white into my like theoretically aggressive deck where my mana costs matter a lot because i'm playing a bunch of spells right i'm playing like sure. a, a red and then a blue like i have a lot of mana symbols to fulfill um and adding white to my deck is gonna like make my deck a lot worse so this and that, that hurts bergy from being for everybody in... but commander players well it does but like in modern it doesn't matter right like that splashing white if you're getting that powerful of an effect when you're playing the deck more for the front half or you were playing it more for the back half is my point is like yes i don't think that's true though because in certain decks like you cannot afford to splash you cannot really afford to splash in like storm because 
You're like, you have those colored pips. You need to be like, have your lands tap for blue, red. You're like playing Shivan reefs and random crap to like make sure that you can hit blue and red off all your lands. And a hallowed fountain is just not going to cut it for you in that deck. Sure. Like, I don't think that playing extra colors is 100% free in every deck. And even if it is free, you're taking more damage off your lands. You're having more things enter tap depending on the format. And it's just awkward. It's definitely awkward. Now, I don't think Storm, adding colors Storm to not things having you can a more argue is strictly effect. better. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying it's strictly better. I'm saying that the way that these cards work mitigates that negative, but allows them to be more powerful in the second, if not most played for- way people now play Magic. Sure. I mean, look, Magic can just become Commander if that's... Well, but then why are they legendary, the money, right? But I don't agree with that. Like, why are they legendary? Like, legendary hurts these formats just as much, but they're legendary for Commander. So why can't they be three colors for Commander? They printed legendary creatures before Commander existed. Sure, but they, like it's, that was always like a problem, right? It's like for either flavor or balance. And here it's mostly flavor, flavor. right? It's like these are cool legendary creatures that tell the story of Kaldheim in a way that's compelling, and that's cool. And they have mitigated the the legendary downside somewhat with the backsides. Sure. And I like if these were three color cards, you would balance them differently. Like cards that have more colors typically are balanced differently from a monocolored card in part because yeah, they're harder and, to cast or they only go into certain decks or they're more, they're more niche. There are inherently. enough knobs to change that here, but these de- cards are still playable. Like Bergy could be played in mono red decks forever other than a commander. But you, would, but you wouldn't want to do that. Why not? That's a good enough of effect. Three mana for a, every card you cost makes a red mana. The way these some of these cards are designed are kind of like the Zendikar MDFCs where they're different at different points in the game or they're different depending on what your opponent's doing. Maybe Egon, God of Death, you want to play the throne face up on turn one to start fueling your graveyard. So now you can play sure. Egon. But maybe you've already fueled your graveyard because you played a couple citrus suppliers or whatever. And now you want to play your Egon, your big 6-6 six, six payoff card. And the like having one of those cards be like blue green or something like it totally ruins the what deck. What if it was black and then hybrid on the back side? I'd be fine with hybrid. So so if it was it was it was black red hybrid white for I guess that card what was what, what was that one? I have it written down. Turgrid, black red white. No, that's the Did you still did you still add a color to it? Yeah, yeah, so the back like, side is two could colors. I play it in a mo- can I play Egon in a mono <laughs> mono black deck? No, that's you all cannot, I want to do you here. Cannot play Egon in a, but but no one like the 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 number of monocolored decks in Magic is small. Okay, but that's not what I mean, right? Like I could play Egon in a blue black deck or a blue white deck. I, let's say standard. Yeah, I yeah. can play Egon in a blue black deck where I'm playing like Emery and Vantress Gargoyle and I'm like, you know, uh doing Merfolk Secret Keepering myself and you know I'm doing like a little self mill mm-hmm. situation with Egon and I can play it in my blue black deck but I can also play Egon in my black white deck that's like aristocrats and I'm like sacrificing stuff and playing village rights sure. and kind of doing some self mill to get back silver smoke ghouls and stuff um, so the way I colored specifically Egon which was black and then red blue was the back end then with the lantern would be red blue hybrid in this situation one red I blue hybrid I agree with these with these color pie characterizations <laughs> but continue I guess uh, is that yeah yeah so you would have to play like it, it, in a black white deck the back end of this card which wouldn't be that good in an aristocrat deck anyways other than fueling Egon I'm is literally not... coming up with things off the top of my head Alex <laughs> cut me some slack uh, but you like plan this out on Twitter over the course of hours and then brought it to the episode i'm coming up with a rebuttal <laughs> no, on I, the fly I, because i 100 not working i 100 avoided this conversation <laughs> until you dumped into it we were doing the rankings of the gods i just over, my complaint, no, over you went I, into it <laughs> my complaint was that with the gods i wish there were three color uh because i think it a there's no three color gods b it's really hard to do three color gods because gods inherently have a ton of rules baggage and so therefore what you can fit on the card is very low and the problem with three color cards is finding design space that fits all three colors is hard it is something that wizards has stated time and time again it's like often why isn't it just this two color card and the nice thing about the flip gods is the front card could be a black card and the back card could be a blue red card and that's very easy to do um allowing these to be gods and have god flavor and allowing people in commander to play with gods these legendary creatures instead of just like nine of these gods are now just like most of them are going to fall by the wayside in 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 commander as important legendary creatures are just going to be like standard cards that people will play for a year and then never see You're again printing so many legends in every single set like why does every single legend need to be a huge commander hit how, how many gods, multicolor though. legends fall by the wayside how many um 
What's the Golgari legend from Ravnica? You ever see that guy? He's two colors. He's probably good, right? That's my point, right? It's like, these are gods. These should be more relevant to formats. I don't think every single legendary creature has to be a hit in Commander. Sure. I don't think that that's possible. I don't think it's something that you should even strive for. But I think that the fact that nine gods are now less, only good in Commander as as, as Commanders are only going to see play as monocolor decks, which are like less common than the other options by a wide margin, is... Not as good. As more cards get printed for Commander, and even as more cards get printed with Commander in mind in standard legal sets or set boosters or whatever, um, like you are converging on this point of like so many staples that like decks are looking very samey, and you mitigate that by playing fewer colors. Well, sure. I guess my point with the multicolor on gods, though, is that this like it is very hard to find places where three color cards can be printed and this is a location where it was doable uh, in a way that would have been pretty resonant and would have been cool. In at a time where those three color cards are not unplayable in any other format. Yes, getting your specific examples where you want to play one of these gods that I guess are now hybrid man on the back end are <laughs> uh, well, less versatile. Specific examples. I'm saying that like by yes, adding colors to cards for no reason other than to make them better commanders, you are dampening people's ability to use them in literally every other format from kitchen table to standard historic draft modern legacy vintage. But these, but these cards specifically allow those cards to see play in those formats because you could just play them for the one half. Like you don't, you don't have to play these cards for both halves. I could just add a mana to something, you know, I could just add a mana to Aether Vial and make it cost two mana because then it would be perfect in my commander deck for some reason, but it's worse. People don't want to play it at that point. It's the same with just adding colors. It's just making the card well, but worse. These, these cards Is didn't exist until yesterday. Maybe. These cards didn't exist like, until this week. So it's not like, yes, I understand that these cards exist as they do and are at the power level that they are, but asking for them to be three colors because they work they totally modified their value to one of the most played formats of Commander. And their value in other formats is worse, but not that much worse. It's not like they are unplayable now. It's not like these cards become unuseful. Like, and and like, it, like, yes, yes, it is worse to play Sword of the Realms if you're not going to play Halvar. But like, I can see someone playing Jorn without being able to do blue, blue black mana. Uh, yeah, blue black mana. Right, like playing a green red snow deck that just wants that untap effect is for sure a thing that could happen, and is very powerful. Tybalt probably sure. is going to see ton a ton of play in non red decks because the front half of Tybalt is powerful enough that you don't need to use the Planeswalker half in standard, not in modern. In modern, you just play red, but in modern, you could splash the colors no problem. And the best deck to play with Tybalt uses red or is five color. I don't. I don't really anticipate seeing any standard decks playing Valky that do not have the ability to flip them. Why would you need to flip them? You just for a black white deck, Valky is really good. Like if you could play uh, any of like exile a creature and you can clone it. Like it eats Uro, especially in in historic where Uro is around, and this is one of the best cards to fight it. If you're in historic and you don't have red, who cares about the black red half? I need to stop Uro in my black blue rogues deck. <laughs> I understand the concept. I don't see it. I'll I'll make this bet right now. I guarantee we will see a five O list that plays Val. I'll pay you twenty bucks that Valky five O is a list without any red in it. I'm not betting you any money. <laughs> so really quickly, is your favorite god cycle the gods, the Theros gods? Yes, they are the OGs. They're great. Uh, Devotion's perfect. Yep, I I agree. I was really I even really like the new ones. I like really like the new Thassa actually. I keep just adding her to every list. The blinky ability is really cool. And new Heliod's good. Yeah, I really love the Devotion Gods. They're like kind of perfect because they also, due to their requirements, they aren't as like... Because the second coolest one is the Bug Gods, right? Like, I think, in my, in my opinion, I think that's all you have left. Uh, I guess I have, oh, you I have, have Amonkhet second. Okay. Um, I have Amonkhet second. And like, which I guess Amonkhet is Devotion Light, so that's fair. Uh, the bug gods to me just like are super oppressive though, which is why maybe they would be lower. But yeah, like like the devotion thing sits right in the middle. I love it. I think it's great. I get that it is like kind of similar to devotion, but I do think the fact that they are always creatures but will only sometimes fight for you is like another flavor flavorful way sure. to depict the way gods have been seen in various mythologies. Like you can go and visit horus or whatever and be like what up horus but like he's not gonna fight for you unless you you know have a creature with power four or greater <laughs> what, what's, inter what's, inter what's interesting about that is that that is not a feature of the egyptian gods that i know of right like they weren't around because obviously they weren't like like there were like the there gods are humans that like interact with them 
But so are there by choice in mythology, right? I thought that like, just as much as there are. If you are, are in Greek. an ancient Greek living in the time of mythology, which is obviously a nebulous time because it wasn't real, um, <laughs> and you want to go talk to Zeus, how are you going to do that? Doesn't Zeus like show up once in a while? Like, like yeah, he's yeah. Like, whenever has, like, he feels kids. like, whenever somebody has enough devotion, <laughs> <laughs> like I think he has more kids than there are gods. I think well, all the gods yeah, are yeah, his yeah, kids. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's on his terms. Yeah, like yeah. if somebody has enough devotion, he comes and gets yeah, them yeah, pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> uh but in egypt mythology do they can you go see them i thought they all like i thought they were all like they were more i thought they were honestly more removed in my head and i am not saying i know so, i mean i don't know egypt there's mythology. no like there's no like unattainable mount olympus where they live where you can just never go find them and they come to you like i don't think that that's how it worked like they lived on the nile and did nile things with with coexisting with humans i thought maybe not and, I don't and know. amiket for sure that's the story right like uh, that is a difference in the plan of amiket the gods are just there they're hanging out yeah. with you uh i don't think i thought, I thought in, egypt that in the egyptian time of mythology which is also obviously not real but right. the way the stories are told i thought that the gods just coexisted with humans but but perhaps i'm misremembering yeah, I, I have not read a lot of egyptian mythology stories since i was like nine and i was really into it people want people listening to the podcast please let us know uh what you think i could ask my brother he's a classics major who started a hieroglyphics club because he wanted to learn hieroglyphics when he was in college so this is he... this is information we'll need well my, michael will uh let me know and i'll tweet it out at some point unless michael wants to tweet <laughs> okay. it out himself so rankings so if i remember the rankings correctly i am amonkhet the new gods war of the spark gods bug gods and theros gods and you are War of the Spark Gods, Kaldheim Kaldheim. Gods, Bug Gods, Amonkhet Gods, Theros Gods. Those are our rankings after the middle giant argument of uh, (laughs) should the cards be three color. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, patrons. Uh, You're the reason this can happen. We're we're due to that and some uh, cool stuff that we're able to do. We're, uh, I think, getting back to more content every week. So thank you, everyone. And definitely, uh, you know, patrons, uh, if you want to help make that keep happening, please check out uh, patreon.com slash the MMcast. You get early access. This whole video is going to go up tonight. I'm going to upload it to YouTube and probably either tonight or tomorrow morning. It'll get posted to the MMCast patrons so you can watch this whole thing early. Uh, plus, you get bonus content. Michael swore at least twice, uh, which is definitely edited out. One of them was in a great heated moment of argument that is forever lost to regular time. But for patrons, it's there forever. Um, and uh, we talked about French fries. Uh, also, big thank you to Alter Sleeves for the uh, free preview of uh, the new um, comic book art style commander pre-con um alter sleeves so if you go to altersleeves.com uh slash kes mutate uh you can get 20 percent off and there's a link below check the link i might have said that wrong um of what that looks like and uh thanks to marshall as always uh and uh thank you michael for for joining um and thank you to michael's wife for allowing him to uh run away though she stole peanut for most of this episode so we got less peanut cam which is michael's dog Oh, Peanut is, at this time of night, she probably just wants to snuggle. That's um, fair. And I'm not really available for snuggling, so I don't I don't think it was a game. <laughs> um, all right. Thank you, everyone. We'll talk to you guys next week. This has been a production of Time Traveler Media, sending podcasts into the future.